Thank you. Buenos dias. You're uh, bilingual? Ready to go on a mission trip? This music was wonderful. And I hear that the, uh, the youth have a, a tremendous uh, worship team as well. So here is a, a public invitation. Okay. In December, December 27 to January 6, those are the dates. Uh, every year now, for a few years, we've, have, we've had uh, uh, evangelistic concerts. And we go to the open air, we go to parks, organize. Churches sponsor those events. We go to churches in my hometown, in Huehuetenango, Guatemala. And we do these concerts. And God has provided people from Canada, from all over the United States, and very talented people. We have a few people that uh, have uh, done great things from Hollywood, Christian people in there, okay? And young people. And we have people from uh, theater in Boston, Chicago, New York. Uh, one of them who is leading our, our team, he's only 23 years of age, he's an actor. And he, 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 play, he writes plays, and he puts his, his uh, little uh, influence as a Christian person in those plays too. Uh, and he sells them all over the place to, 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 to companies, to schools, colleges. And, 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 and so we have very talented people. As good as this people here. These people are good. Okay, I, I, I'm sorry that they're not here. They, they're probably coming back at the end or the next service. But, uh, uh, and, and Brandon, I don't know if Brandon is still here. But I want to say that if, we're going to miss him, right? Greatly. That he went with a group to Guatemala. And I'm saying, hey, Brandon, you, you need to come in December, wherever you are. Just tell them from the beginning. You're committed. December 27, January 6. Come to Guatemala. So, one, two, three, ten people from here. This December will be wonderful to have. We really need people this year. So, I, I leave that with you. And you pray about it. And send some people. I like it. You know, we send them. Go, let go, help go. Oh, that, that was great over there. So, uh, I want to do two things here. Uh, I want to share with you a little bit of my testimony, and then we're going to go to that passage. So you get to know a, a little bit about missions in regards to us, all right? Um, and uh, I'll share about my family. I'll share about uh, a little bit about the ministry, and, and, and then we'll, we'll, we'll do some of this. Uh, remember a missionary coming home and, Saying there's so much to share, I don't know where to start. And remember the little boy in front, right in front. He said, "He says, why don't you start towards the end and finish quickly?" <laughs> the little boy was honest. <laughs> he was honest. And and you know, I have become uh, bicultural. I've I've learned about finishing on time. So don't don't be scared. I I know all this Latin and the microphones. You know, until death do us part. You don't want to give it up. You know, you just want to stay there. So I'll, I'll, I'll do those two things. But before I do that, I want to say thank you. Thank you to all of you, to other generations that have been here in this church. Can you imagine 40-some years of being prayed for by this church? It's just amazing. It's just amazing. And the financial support. And the notes, special notes that we get. 
and those early Christmas gifts. Thank you. Thank you. I, I, I wrote a note one day, and Abby told me before I left, make sure that you tell them what you wrote in that note that, that one time that I wrote that note. And I said, you know, we were able to get things that otherwise we could not get. And we have Irie with us now. We're raising one of our grandkids with us. And, and, and you know, to buy things for, little, for kids these days on a missionary budget? <laughs> so those, those presents, you have been very good to us. And, and there's no way we can adequately say thank you. Now, all of that also that I have said so far should help you get a little bit adapted to my accent. All right. So if you don't understand, that's okay. You can, you can, you can. What did he say? Okay. Some of those words don't come out. I don't know how Ray does it. I don't know if Ray's here right now, but he was here earlier on. And I said, "You are totally bilingual." I mean, he's full. And there are few of those people around that are totally, totally bilingual. Okay, with no accent. That's what I mean by that. So let me let me uh, share with you. And this is a great thing. You have a clock over there. I'll watch that every once in a while. <clears throat> From the very beginning here, my dad is 90, he'll be 99 in December, in good health, praise God. My, my, my mom, she'll be 94, about the same time. So he says, he, he, he says, next year I'll be 100. That's how he talks about it. Next year I'll be 100. And my dad came from a little village in Guatemala and never went to school. Taught himself. Somebody taught him the, the, the alphabet and then taught himself how to read and write. Okay? And then he got the Bible. And a missionary came from the United States, Frederick Lincoln. And I can picture this little church in Texas sending this teenager, 17 years of age, going as a missionary to Guatemala. His backpack, going from village to village. And he's putting a little hammock. And now, his, his harmonica. He's playing the harmonica. And people are so impressed with that instrument. They've never seen anything like that before. And a little young guy and his mom, they go to see this North American. Came to the village. And he sings songs similar to what we sang this morning. And my dad says today that after those songs were sang, he sang those songs. He, there was no more believers. He was the only guy singing. He says he knew the gospel. He understood the gospel. Then he explained, the missionary, and he and his mom came to know the Lord. First ones in the village. Okay. Make a long story short, on that part, he uh, learned how to read the Bible, went to Bible school, flunked all of the courses the first year because <laughs> he didn't know how to read well and fast enough. So he went back home, read, read some more, studied more, and then went back to school the next year. He says that he went early, a few weeks early, to take all of those tests, 14 courses, he says. He took all of them, passed all of them, and then as he started the second year, they had a, 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 a group A and a group B. Group, group A were those that had gone to school and had some, some schooling. 
And group B was those that didn't have much. So he was in group B. So on the second trimester, the dean came to him and said, Mr. Martinez, you need to go to group A. He was so scared. He says, I'm I'm okay here. (laughs) I'm okay here. He said, no, no, no. You need to move. You need to go over there. Challenge him. So he went. Well, after a few years, there were six of us came along. Two of us are in heaven now. Uh, A brother and a sister uh, went to be with the Lord. And, And this evening, I'll share about my little sister and how she was tremendous evangelist at age of nine. I'll share a little bit of that with the youth okay, this, this evening. Brought a lot of people to Christ at age nine. And uh, so the four of us in full-time ministry, God, by God's grace. You know, My dad and my mom planted about 50 churches in, in Guatemala. And so this is where we grew up. Okay, So now, growing up, my dad says, uh, Edwin, uh, a missionary left a, a trumpet. You need to learn how to play the trumpet. And so I said, all right, who's going to teach me? And there's nobody there to teach. So in the church, there was an old piano. And so I went over to the piano and started matching the notes with the trumpet and then learned how to play the trumpet. And then he says, well, he says, another missionary left a trombone. You learn how to play the trombone and, 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 and teach your younger brother how to play the trumpet. All right, so now we have, after all, a lot of this, we have now about 14 uh, teenagers playing instruments, okay? And he's back there playing his accordion, which he also learned by himself. So everything he learned almost by himself, so he thought everybody should too, you know? So that's why he was uh, making us learn instruments, all right? So, and I'm looking over there. So one day he says, okay, we're going to start going out. I'm going to play in some of these villages where there is no church. So we would go to village, to village. And I'm looking at some of you that have been there. So you have an idea of villages, what that means, going up in the mountains and everything. No roads at that time. So we go to these villages and we play. And one time, we are in this place, open air. Uh, uh, and we're in a high place. And it's a, it's, it's a market. It's a market day. Mayan Indians. And they're buying and selling. Okay, it's about four or five hours of buying and selling. They come in real quick in the morning, and then they go home, and there's nothing there. So about two, 3,000 people, maybe more, buying and selling their things. And all of a sudden, now we are here with this huge horn. Remember those speakers? Just, just like a trumpet, but big ones, okay? Yeah. And, and one microphone. And that microphone weighed a, a ton. And... And, and we will talk there, and the voice will come out so loud. And it was amazing because most of those people have never seen anything like that. So it was, it was a, a new thing. And for us, it was, you know, teenagers. I was 13. You know, we got a kick out of that. We, you speak there, and everybody was listening. Very loud, okay? So here we are playing. I'm playing my trombone. My brother's playing his trumpet. All of us are playing saxophone, playing clarinet. We're playing. My dad's... And all of a sudden, because he's been preaching all of these days, he lost his voice. So he says, Edwin, you need to preach. <laughs> From back here. 
okay? He's selling me. And so, and so I said, no way. <laughs> he was a man of few words. And some of you met him. He's, he, has a, he has a stern face, okay? And he, he doesn't laugh very much, although he's happy. You know, he might go like this. <laughs> if he's really laughing hard, he might go like this. You never hear the laugh. Okay? So, very stern. So, now, what am I going to do? What, 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 what can I preach? And by there, he says, just preach one of my messages. So, I said, what about this one? And I gave him one of the illustrations about one that he was preaching uh, those days. And he said, yeah, that's good. So, I packed an hour message into five minutes. <laughs> and I ran out of words. <laughs> That's it. That's it. And then he said, extend the invitation. And I did. I extended the invitation just exactly the way he did it. Okay? 13 years of age. So 13 people came forward. That was a tremendous impact on a young guy. From then on, I, I, a little war started between God and me. I didn't want to be a poor missionary and a poor pastor. I wanted to be a medical doctor. Make money, own half of Wewe, and, and be generous to the ministry. That was, that was my plan. I thought it was a pretty good plan. You know, I'll just give a lot. You know, and Every time missionaries come here, every time evangelists come here, I'll be the one. You know, I'll supply. I'll do that. And God says, no, no, no. You're going to steer me full time. And I'll share with you more stories about that. We don't regret it. Not for a second. And we have lived by faith all of these years. A lot of them now, 45 years of marriage. All of these years. And God has been faithful every turn, every turn. You know? And we get this close. We get this close. And, and in, in many situations... And then the Lord provides. And the Lord provides for everything. For our own needs, for the ministry, for everything. He's been there in every way. And so, it's, it's, it's a testimony that I'm sharing with you. Now, I'm going to move on to share all the things with you. And the reason I, I want to share this with you is because I want to encourage also you, and you can encourage others, that God can use anybody that is willing and is available. This is what we're going to be talking about this morning. So anybody that is willing and is available. So I joined OC International. Uh, Evie and I were evangelists. We traveled Central America at that point, then through, through, through the mission, then we went through South America, and then with Billy Graham, the Lord opened a lot of doors. Now, some of you have been to Huawei. When, when a farm boy that, who leaves the farm normally doesn't go back to the farm, right? Well, the same thing with me. I left Wewe. My plan was I'm not going back to Wewe. Who goes back to Wewe? Okay. So you go out so you can go to school. Prosperity is outside Wewe. It's not in Wewe. All right? So I left Wewe. Never thought I would be back. But the Lord opened so many doors for, for ministry for us uh, with Billy Graham. When we were in Amsterdam 2000, and that was a big event that he had, he had 20,000 pastors from all over the world. 
the Billy Graham Association paid a few million dollars to do that. And the idea was to train these pastors so they would go back with a vision of evangelism and church planting. He did three of those. And I had the privilege of being in the platform with Billy Graham. Now, uh, uh, I share this so, so you can see what God can do if you're available. Okay? Being there from little dusty wewe, said so the Lord says, okay, come. Being willing. I know a lot of people that can do a lot better job than I can. They're very capable. But in God's grace, gave me the opportunity to be with this, this man. And to be with him in the platform. And to pray or read the scripture before he comes up. It's just amazing. To be able to two, three, four times a year, be able to just interact with him individually, personally, with this man of God that served for so many years and probably the one that spoke to most people face-to-face in history. It was just amazing. I, I, I don't have words to explain that. Okay, Because of him, I went all over the world, but in Latin America especially, I was able to have pastors' conferences to impart vision about evangelism, about missions, and about church planting. And I didn't have to raise that money. He paid for my expenses. He paid for my hotel room. He paid for my food. And paid for all of these pastors to come. And the the, the group of pastors were from 500 to 3, 4, 5,000 pastors. Every time we had, and we had them in almost every country in Latin America. For all these years. It was a lot of money. There was no way I could have raised that money to have those events. And the Lord opened the door and put me there. So I I felt one day indebted. Indebted to my hometown. Because those teachers, those elders, those deacons, those uh, Sunday school teachers, all of them had something to do with my shaping up. As I was growing up, you know, that one uh, uh, Sunday school teacher that taught me a Bible lesson. Somebody that maybe corrected me on something. Yeah. You know, coaches, teachers. All of them had something to do with this formation of a young person. And so I felt I need to go back. So we started going back on short-term mission trips. That's the way we, we went. And we started going to a Bible school, and from that Bible school, we impact, impacting them, those kids can go out and do, and do great things. They're doing it. They're doing it. We've, we've been doing that, this now for 18 years. So I am serious when I said I hope that a few of you can go in December, those people with those gifts and abilities of music. But then maybe during the summer months we can have another short-term mission group for the youth and maybe some adults. Who knows? God knows. All right. So now, see, see, I, I'm, I'm, I'm really keeping up with that. I, is that five two? All right. So we're good. Are we good? All right. Oh, okay. That's how we do in Latin America. We know when to start, but we don't know when to finish. All right. So let's go to John twenty one. John 21. 
And I'm entitling this uh, Willing and Available. Now, let me use an illustration from, from the short-term groups. We, we, I made an observation. I, I heard this person come and say to the cook, and, and, and the person said, if you need me, holler. I'll be in my room. Now, keep in mind, willing and available. Left. And then I've noticed other people comment. What, what can I do to help? Oh, right now we're good? We're okay. Well, I'm going to be right here if you need me. Okay? Different ways. Another person, another person comes and maybe different relationships, maybe with the cook, um, and they get involved immediately. They just start doing something, peeling potatoes, okay? cleaning, cleaning the tables. So different ways of participating. Now, I don't know where you are, but I know that sometimes I'm, I'm, I'm in one, and I do it one way, and other times another way, and there's another group that I see sometimes, they have their, their iPhone or some, something like that, you know, their internet is right there, and, 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 and the, the kitchen is right there too. So, you know, they're working, working, and there's a lot of need going on over there, but uh, there is no way they can see that need, okay? So, I'm sure that doesn't happen here. But it happens in Huawei. <laughs> it happens. In, see the advantage of not knowing you very well? That's, that's an advantage. I can say those things. You're taking it well, too. So. so, here in this passage, Acts 6, 1 to 7, a challenge and a problem comes up. Widows are being neglected. Greek-speaking Jews complain against the Hebrew-speaking Jews. Okay? I put it that way because it's a lot easier to, to remember that part, okay? So we have the Greek-speaking Jews complaining. Let's, let's say Greeks are over here. And they're complaining, okay? And they're complaining against the Hebrew-speaking group. Now, we have a situation here. The situation is this. It's not only the language. It's also cultural. And culturally, we do things differently, Right? And years ago, uh, uh, eating, eating Mexican food was, was a new thing in some of the states here. Years ago, I remember going up a little bit north, and there were very few Mexican restaurants. Okay, now you can go to Guatemala, and with what you know about Mexican food, you can get along. You know, taco, tortilla, enchilada. You know, you, 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 you know a lot of Spanish already. But this is a cultural thing. How do we, th we do things are different. And so now we have the Greek speakers and the Hebrew speakers. And the, the Greek speakers are saying, you guys are not taking care of our people, our widows. Every time you, 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 you provide the food every day, you, you, you go there last. And they're not getting some of the good stuff that that you're providing every day. I don't know what was going on exactly. I don't know how they handle it. I don't know what conflict resolution skills they had. 
if they have any at that point. But there is a problem that is going on. The context is interesting. Just in chapter 5, great things are happening. Great things are happening in chapter 5. See, before that, the Lord Jesus Christ is performing miracles. But now, God is performing miracles through the apostles. So they're excited. They're excited about that. And in the midst of all of these great things, what happens? A problem. And that sometimes happens in our churches. Good things are going on. All of a sudden, boom, a problem. So they have an issue here. And this issue could have divided the church totally. All right? And so they get together. It says the word. They get together in the midst of all those problems. I don't know if gossip was part of that. But humanly speaking, you know, I can imagine the Greek-speaking group talking about, you know about George? I, I noticed that he left a bag over there, and it's just for their widows, not for us. Did you see Mike over there? He was, he was just uh, not, not really helping us. So they complained. They complained about it. And so, a plan is prepared. The apostles get together and they sign a plan in order to not neglect the ministry of the word. And they say, you need to select. I like that word. Select. It's not just anybody. I want you to select. To find seven men. And they have, you have the names there. Huh? Those names are hard to pronounce. I can pronounce them in Spanish. It's a lot easier in Spanish than English. Fine, select. You're going to choose them. And here are the parameters. This is the bar. This is the standard that we, we want you to use. Good reputation. People that have a good testimony. People of whom good things are being said about them. Because they lead a life that gives that impression. Okay? And secondly, we want them to be full of the Spirit. And number three, wise wisdom, which is different than knowledge. And, and the way I put that is, I say, that wisdom is the good use of knowledge. It's the good use of the information you have. And not all of us have that. Have the information, but don't make good use of it. And so the, the parameter here, the standard that the apostles are given is, this need to be men of good reputation. And also, full of the Spirit. And, and, and let me say a word about being full of the Spirit. This is the key word. Being controlled by the Spirit. This is when somebody cuts you off. You know, you're driving, cuts you off, and you want to say a, a word that you don't say at church normally. And then the Lord brings something to you, and you don't say it. Or somebody in the church says something about you that is not true or is hurtful. And instead of fighting back, 
you are controlled by the Spirit, and you extend grace to that person. You Proverbs says, overlook. You're not going to pay attention to that. You're going to be positive. You're going to be forgiving. You're going to be loving. You don't let that get the worst out of you. That's being controlled by the Spirit. Okay? Uh, sometimes in my teams, people say, you know, Edwin can take a lot. You know, he's so, so, he doesn't uh, rock the boat. You know, he doesn't fight back. They don't know what's going inside. <laughs> There's a big fight <laughs> going on. You know, I want to say something, you know, right now. <laughs> so it doesn't come naturally. <laughs> Have to work at it, okay? So I'm highlighting some things of the passage. It's a well-known passage. So I'm highlighting a few, a few things here. Greek speakers... They all are Jews, but some are Greek speakers that also have the Greek influence. And then the Hebrews that have kept their Jewish culture. Now they're having a little conflict. They choose the seven men for one reason. They said, we need to not neglect the study of the word and the teaching of the word. We need to be faithful. It's not that one is more important than the other. But I have a job, you have a job, you have a job. We all have a job and it's equally important before God. Are you still with me? Okay, the accent is not taking you somewhere else? Ricky Ricardo or something like that? So, I'm going to use a word here. Kudos to the Hebrew people, to the Hebrew group. Because the Hebrews, Hebrew group, Hebrew speaking, they allow the control of the Spirit and they didn't fight back against the Greek. You know that those names, those seven names, are Greek names. That says a lot. In other words, the Hebrew people said, hey guys, you know, choose, choose whoever you want. Let's choose whoever you want. You know, let's just follow what the apostles are telling us. And uh, they chose this man. And then they said, that's okay. And they're saying, they're actually saying this, we are going to trust that you are going to do a better job than what we did. Just a tremendous result. So let me let me see the results. Let's go and see, and, and see the results. Because the apostles were devoted to the preaching of the gospel and the teaching of the word, and because more people were available, not just playing on their on their iPhone, looking at everybody working and you know, just playing my iPhone here. More people working. Three results are evident. First one, the gospel was spreading. That's a great result. The gospel was spreading. The second result, 
more became followers of Jesus Christ. Unity can be seen miles and miles away. If we're fighting, that can be seen too. But the unity is a blessing to many. And I think that that really helped as more people, more people became followers of Christ. Not only that, but many priests also were converted. Those people that knew the law, they knew how to teach the law. They knew every word. They were lawyers. They could really explain the law. But they didn't know Christ. They didn't recognize Jesus as the Messiah. But now, because of that testimony, after a problem came up in the church, and they resolved it in a very good way, and then they all took responsibilities to be willing and to be available, now we have more people working, and we have those results. Let me finish with this. When more, when more believers join forces on a given task in a local church, a lot more is accomplished. A lot more is accomplished. If we have more people joining the working team, not just spectators, a lot more can be accomplished if recognition is not desire. That's one of the big problems we have as, as people. Some, somehow, humanly speaking, we feel this need of being recognized. I remember a story that my family tells about me. There was a lady that helped us in the house in, in, in Huawei when I was growing up, maybe five, six, seven years of age. And they tell the story about me that I would put my hands on the floor and then, and then flip up and put my feet up on, on the wall. That was my big trick. Okay? But nobody was paying attention. So I got this woman to come over and say, you watch what I'm doing right now. And when I make it up there, you go like this. <laughs> Isn't that what we all want? And you know what happens? When we don't get it, we get discouraged. And then we get a little bit angry about some, somebody, about the leadership, about a friend, because not enough recognition was given. If we forget about the recognition and just do it for God, greater things will happen and we're going to be blessed even more. Let me pray for us.